0: There seems to be an attack on children nowadays. There's a, a, a desire to change uh, what children actually believe.
1: This is the way that the enemy first seeks to go after changing our culture are flesh and blood people that are taking their actions to serve Satan. We want to just give
0: voice uh, to a lot of those things that you see, that you hear, and you think, y'all seeing this? Anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Anybody else think that these people are crazy? everybody. I want to welcome you to our podcast today. I'm Marty McLean, along with Paul Price. And uh, this is actually our first episode. We are calling it Episode Zero. We really don't uh, have a name for our podcast yet. And so that is something that we will have in, in the coming weeks. Uh, but there are a lot of issues that we want to talk about, a lot of issues that people are uh, trying to come to grips with. And uh, I want to, at this time, let
1: Paul tell a little bit about himself so you all know who Paul is. Sure. Well, um, great to be with you here, Marty. Getting started with this, it's fun. I, I have a past of of being very involved in Christian apologetics. I used to be um, employed professionally in the apologetics field for one of the major uh, creation organizations, and uh, you know, since then I've accepted secular employment. So I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a, a professional, but I'm still very interested in the topic of apologetics and and in the Bible in general, and how uh, it, it intersects with the world that we're in today and, and the things that we see going on around us. So I, I look forward to getting to talk with you about these about these topics. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I've, you, know, I've, you are the heavyweight
0: here. I, I am like the, uh, the, the, the minor leaguer here, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what we can talk about. Hopefully we can bring it with a lot of uh, insight and knowledge, some humor with it as well. Uh, looking forward to it. But one of the things that's been interesting in our culture today, I'm, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have kept up with this. Uh, I know I have, you know, having grandchildren and uh, you know knowing a lot of people who have children. Uh, there seems to be an attack on children nowadays. It seems that our culture, more than ever before, they are going
1: after the children. And, and Paul, why do you think that's, that's the case? Well, um, when I've looked into this, I've come to the conclusion that it's not that it's really nothing new. That this is this is the way that the enemy first seeks to go after changing our culture, because the enemy knows that uh, children, and not just the enemy, everybody knows that children are easily moldable, and and the Bible says that if you raise up a child in the way that they should go, they're not going to depart from it. And I think that's a generalization. Obviously, there are. You know counterexamples. Uh, occasionally, you'll you'll see someone that is raised in the right way, and then they depart from it. So it's not. I don't think the Bible is saying that that is a an ultimatum that can never that there can never be a counterexample. But in general, uh, the way that we raise our kids, I think, is the way that that they grow up and they they go after that. And so the enemy knows that if they can mold the minds of children while they're still impressionable and while they don't really understand the ramifications of what they're being taught then that is going to be the the best way to change society in the long run uh... i think the enemy so much more so perhaps than we are uh... the enemy is extremely patient and extremely forward-thinking in terms of having a long range goal in mind and so for me what i see is that what's been going on in our society, has been one one step, you know, if you think forward in terms of forward into liberalism or into what they call progressivism, it's always kind of two steps forward, one step back. So that the society will react against something and say, oh, no, that's too liberal, so we'll swing back. But it seems like, overall, we always wind up more liberal than we were to begin with in the, you know, after the decade is out, you know, so why, are, why are they going after kids is because kids will grow up and then that standard that you set with those kids becomes the new normal, right? right. That's a phrase they use, the new normal. It's a bad normal. <laughs> so, yeah, I did a little bit of research into, you know, how we got into this position of public education. Uh, I was, I went to public school. I'm, i can not remember if, if you said you did or not? Yeah, but, I, I'm a uh, public school product, and any, yeah, anytime yeah.
0: something goes yeah. wrong,
1: I I fall back on that. Well, there you go, and and that's true for me too. And I and I enjoyed it at the time, but the sad truth is, uh, it has changed so much since you and I were in school. And I I graduated high school in 2004, which um, you know might not seem like all that long ago, but the truth is, it's changed tremendously even since then. Right, I so, graduated 20 years before that. Yeah. In 84, and it has uh, definitely changed
0: since 1984.
1: Yeah, well, um, this goes back... The the idea of having a public school, as in a uh, government-funded or government-controlled school, goes back all the way to Horace Mann in the 1800s. He's called the father of public education. And uh, I found that he was a member... Of the Unitarian sect, have you heard of Unitarian? Yeah, it's uh, you want you don't have to believe much of anything, right? Well, so I think that's what they've kind of evolved into at this point. The Unitarian Universalists. I think uh, back in the eighteen hundreds, there might have been a little bit more to it than that, but they were still a heretical sect right. even at that time. They were teaching, um, they they were denying. I think hell. They were denying um, the deity of Christ. They were denying the Trinity. So they were a heretical group even in the eighteen hundreds. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so Horace Mann uh, his his whole argument was that uh, you know, education should be non sectarian. But what he even at that time meant by that was not what people today would mean by it. He was still Thinking that you know the Bible would be taught, right. But it just wouldn't be taught from a denominational perspective. Was kind of his angle on didn't it. Did Thomas Jefferson want the Bible in the public schools? I can't. I I can't say for sure. I can't remember on that. Uh, I know Jefferson wasn't a Christian, right? And that's that's the whole thing they always say. But yeah, I mean, it, it, back at this time, it was you know we talk. I was talking about how it's one little step at a time. So, you know, with Horace Mann, he didn't want to. Uh, get rid of the Bible out of schools. He just didn't want there to be any sort of... He wanted it to be publicly run, and he didn't want it to have any kind of denominational spin on it. So that was a, palatable to people at that time. Uh, he, his, a quote from him is, uh, "...we who are engaged in the sacred cause of education are entitled to look upon all parents as having given hostages to our cause." So, I mean, even back from the original founding of the idea of public school, they're talking about, you know, parents are giving up hostages. Well, the truth is the Constitution never authorized the federal government to be involved in education. It never listed education as something the federal government should be charged with. And it really comes down to being a conflict of interest. The the people, the, the founders of our country had this idea that the people and the government were at odds, and so that was a good thing, because we were supposed to be, the people were supposed to be checking, and the various branches of government were supposed to be checking one another and limiting one another to prevent the the power of the federal government from getting out of control. And the idea that we would give the most important task of all uh, to, to educate our children, the idea that we would give that over to the federal government i think would have been pretty foreign yeah. to to the founders of our country and and it is seems to me i don't know wh- uh, what you would say on this but to me it's just a fundamental contra- uh, conflict of interest
0: yeah i think you know i think most people we want local control of education. I don't want the federal government in charge of it, and I don't think everybody's equipped to, to homeschool. I mean, as a family, we we homeschooled some. We put private schools, some public school some. Uh, kind of had a whole a whole mixed bag, but I think what is happening is you have a lot of the education. We've got great teachers out there and, and great people in, in these schools, but there's a direction uh, that is being set in these schools, especially now with, with COVID, so many parents found out what their kids were actually being taught in school, and they saw the books, they they saw the instruction, and, and they were just uh, appalled of the, you know, it's no longer about reading, writing, and arithmetic, it's more about uh, you know, transgender issues, LGBT uh, situations, uh, there's, there's all type of a, there's a, a, a desire to change uh, what children actually believe, and they try to do it at a very young age, and I think Uh, With the uh, bill, uh, the parental rights and education bill that they passed down in Florida, and Governor DeSantis signed that bill. I believe it uh, just said you couldn't instruct uh, children kindergarten through third grade in sexual issues at school. And there are so many people that are upset about that. And actually, Walt Disney World, the corporation came out against it, and because of that, they included a uh, same sex kiss in the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. It's kind of a, a finger in the eye of Governor DeSantis down there. Now, it, it's interesting, uh, Robbie, not Robbie, uh, Michael Youssef, a local pastor in the Atlanta area, uh, he wrote an article about situations such as this, about the attack on children. And he quotes a guy named James Lindsay, who he says is probably the world's leading authority on the radical left movement. And here's what he says. Uh, One of the targets that woke culture wants to dismantle is the innocence of children. These critical theories see the innocence of children as a fundamental problem that has to be overcome in order to achieve the children's liberation. They seek to achieve the sexual liberation of children, to achieve gender liberation, to achieve racial liberation. Uh, he continues on that they want to break down childhood innocence, literally to destabilize individual children, to make them susceptible to politically actionable points of view. If they can't understand themselves and feel confident in whom they are, they will be politically manipula. They will be able to politically manipulate them. They will be anxious and depressed they will be, here's the word, groomable. Uh, this destabilization of children is quite intentional. So he, this guy is coming at it from a uh, neo-Marxism, progressivism, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, uh, point of view. And I, I think it, it just bears to, to mention the old adage, the hand that rocks the cradle will one day rule the world. Um uh, you know, yeah. these people know that if you can have an impressionable impact upon a child, uh, then you're going to set the course of that child's life. And if you set them in a way where they will be more, let's go ahead and say it, progressive, Yeah. Uh, then they'll be more accepting of, of Marxism, uh, of socialism, of basically big government control. Uh, but, you know, as Americans, you know, one of the things I like about our, our country in the founding of our country, is that we don't believe that government gives us rights. We believe that uh, our rights are given us by God, and they are to not be infringed upon by the government. And I think there's just, uh, there's a, a totally different viewpoint of origin, where we came from. We're going to do a Podcasts eventually on your, your strong suit, Paul, on, on creationism. i look forward um, to that. But, uh, you know, from from origin, you know, where do we come from? Where do we get our rights? Uh, to, you know, is it the government that gives us the rights? Or has God given us these rights? And is it the government's responsibility to protect our rights and not to infringe upon our rights? And uh, that's just a total different worldview. So there is a, I would say, a Marxist type uh, yeah. focus in these schools and they are targeting kids with their sexuality, which is which is so bizarre. Um, I've got uh, you know we, we talked about uh, the whole aspect with um, you know Disney. You know Disney has a, a, an agenda not just from you know Walt Disney World or certain movies. They also have stuff that's on their cable stations that uh, the, they do not send a good message uh, to kids. And um, Paul, I mean, you've got small kids. How, how do y'all watch? You know, protect what your kids well, take in.
1: Yeah, uh, to me, for any Christian parent, I think it it should just be said that the modern day version of Disney is something that you should regard with the greatest amount of caution and and skepticism. Uh, you know, in my in my house, we don't really watch modern day. Disney content we we do like a lot of the classic stuff and stuff from the 90s and you know you, you do have to draw the line somewhere because over the decades Disney content has gotten more and more progressive and more and more overtly political and trying to put agendas into their stuff so I, I wouldn't really recommend that that Christians you know, direct their kids to modern-day Disney stuff at all.
0: One of the things that Disney has out is a show called Little Demon. And uh, I think the mom has a uh, sexual fling with Satan and gives birth to a female Antichrist. Oh, my. uh, I
1: have not heard of that. Yeah,
0: it's it's bizarre. And uh, here's what it says. 13 years after being impregnated by, by Satan, a reluctant mother and her Antichrist daughter attempt to live an ordinary life. And you know, you think well, who who comes up with a uh, with a storyline like that? I mean, why would you come up? What are you sitting around thinking about? You know, hey, hey, let's let's create a cartoon where we'll have uh, a woman having an affair with Satan, and they'll have a Antichrist girl. Uh, that's that, that's just bizarre.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure if that's if that's actually intended to be for kids or not. But either way. The thing is, you know, if it's a cartoon, it it's kind of assume, assumed that if it's a cartoon, I, I, you're, kids you're, are going to
0: watch it. You, you are exactly right. It's one of these adult, you know, type cartoons. But at the same time, a cartoon is a cartoon. I mean, yeah. let, let's let's just – a cartoon's a cartoon, and, and it's Disney. I mean, it's still – you know, this is what Disney is putting out uh, as though it's something – I don't know. You, you think, okay – What kind of decisions are these people making? What other type of decisions are they making? If, if this is the product that they're pushing, now, you know it's not just Disney. I don't want to pick on Disney, but you know, they they give you a lot of material. Um, But the the whole drag queen story hour uh, that's gotten real popular in some of the, I reckon northeastern states, even some of the southern states. I think some of the cities possibly. Uh, it, it's so bad that the Michigan Democratic Attorney General, now this lady's the Attorney General for the whole state of Michigan, who herself is gay, Dana Nessel, uh, she says, quote, Drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun. A drag queen for every school. I mean, no longer yeah. is a chicken for every school, but uh, we need a drag queen for every school. Why? Because they make things fun. Uh, y- you know, when you see politicians starting to get involved in, in drag queen stuff and and thinking it's a great idea. Uh, we also have a situation in the state of Virginia where there is a, a state delegate. I mean, this person represents people in their state house, uh, Elizabeth Guzman. Uh, she wants to pass a bill, according to this article, uh, that a parent who refuses to affirm their children's sexual identity confused uh, identity Confusion could be investigated for child abuse and be subject to a police and child protective services investigation and face felony criminal penalties if they do not go along with their child's desire to change their gender. Uh, that's somebody that's in elected, uh, elected office. And also what's so crazy is that she tries to use the Bible uh, to endorse what she says. She says, quote, The Bible says to accept everyone for who they are. I don't know what verse that is. I don't know what book of the Bible that comes from. But uh, she tries to put the the well, weight of the Bible behind it.
1: Yeah, and and I and I was just looking at that that demon cartoon. That might actually be. It looks like that might be Fox instead of Disney. Um, not sure if that's Disney or not. But either way, I think it. What, what you brought out there right. is a good point about how uh, our society has gotten to a point where. Uh, The idea of having uh, an antichrist, you know, demon is now considered to be somehow a comedy or entertainment. It's something people would want to to accept as a comedy now. And it kind of goes to the heart of the way that our culture has fully rejected the Christian roots that, that gave birth to our culture today. and in fact is mocking those Christian roots. And it's really hard to think of an example of any other cultures around the world today that are so um, irreverent toward their own, like, foundations, right? Right. I mean, what we have to realize is that the people in charge, at the top, running uh, our government— the idea that those people would in any way share the worldview that was held by our founding fathers, we need to get that out of our heads. Yeah. The people the yeah. people that we are voting for on both sides of the aisle, I hate to say yeah, there's some, unfortunately. Yeah, there's some but shockers. the people the people in charge of this country do not hold to even the the basic Judeo Christian worldview that our not all of our founding fathers were Christians. Right. Some of them, some of them were deists. deists yeah. But even those that were deists, like Thomas Jefferson, they still held to a basic Judeo-Christian worldview. Right. right. They had a concept of right and wrong. They, they had a concept of Christian morals. Right. And they had a concept that, that some type of, of God existed. Um, not even that much can we grant to the people that are in charge today. So I think a lot of Christians need to wake up and they need to stop being so gullible. Yeah. You know, when when we're involved in politics or when we're talking about who we're going to vote for, um, Christians need to understand that, yeah, unfortunately, we are stuck picking the, the what, what appears at least to be the lesser of evils, right? Yeah, and and, that's kind of how we... Uh, of, yeah. You know, it'd be great if we could get a candidate... That truly represented conservative Christian values. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that happen. Um, I don't know if you what you think of Ron Paul, but uh, you know, I think maybe Ron Paul might be the the closest thing to an actual conservative that I've seen in politics for a yeah. while. And so, but you know, even the even the the Republicans are not really true conservatives anymore, right? Yeah. They call them neocons, whatever that's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, there, so. there
0: are some that have kind of expanded beyond the definition I mean when, when you have some Republicans that are congratulating people, uh, two men who are adopting babies or are are, yeah. are doing, you know, artificial insemination to have children, you know, and they're and it's a same sex couple, you're like that's that's really not what Repub- conservatives or Bible believing people stand for. So we understand we're going to have a, we will have a um, podcast on a Christian's role in politics because I think it's very, very important, yeah. and, uh, and I'm all for that. But just to kind of reiterate your point, uh, here's a article from Fox News. Uh, it says, in an interview with left-wing outlet Now This News, Bi- President Biden answered an array of questions pertinent to young Americans. At one point, Biden was asked by 25-year-old transgender actress and comic creator Dylan Dylan Mulvaney uh, if states should have the right to ban gender-affirming health care. Quote, I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question, I just think it's wrong. So our president thinks that it's wrong uh, for somebody to not allow a child uh, to have um, or I, I would imagine the, uh, the hormones, uh, the body altering hormones as, as, you know, children he, uh, wanting to transition, you know, they're, they're minors. He thinks that's okay from what appears from the article. And he also says, I feel very, very strongly that you should have every single solitary right, including the use of your gender identity bathrooms when public. So he's also saying that he thinks that men should be able to go into the bathrooms, basically well, with
1: little girls. Okay, but just to, just to that's the, the president. Well, just to split hairs, it's the people who wrote the president's material, right? Well, I I know that I, <laughs> I know he's, he's
0: he, I know he's not coming up with if, it. Himself. If you want me, I, I, it, I understand. If that. you
1: want me to be honest, I don't I don't really believe a single thing that comes out of Biden's mouth. Came out of Biden's mind, uh, except it, for the gaffes.
0: It, it's it's really uh, it's really surprising what's going on in our country uh, with, with the president, and he is you know full throttle embrace of the LGBTQ uh, couple more letters now I think uh, agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just embraces it, uh, or he whoever writes for him or whatever, however that's going on uh he is for it he's promoting it uh you know i was even seeing like a couple of weeks ago uh, there was a girl in a volleyball game a high school game in north carolina who suffered neck and head injuries because a guy was playing on the girls team the other girls team and spiked the volleyball and injured her i mean yeah you but they're going to want guys to compete on girls teams uh you know that. Uh, no offense to the rapper, but that's ludicrous. You know that's that's <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a satanic agenda. Let's let's call it what it is, it is. It is very much a satanic agenda. And I think even with the, uh, you know, even with the you talking about children, you talking about with the with the pro abortion uh, that stuff that's going on, uh, they have a uh, Stacey Abrams, the Democratic candidate for governor in the state of Georgia. you know, she made the uh, a, a comment about you know, abortion being an economic issue, and the oh. only reason why you're you're worried about the price of what was the price of bread and gas is because you had kids or something, is though abortion would be an issue that if you abort children you wouldn't be as concerned about the economy, and,
1: and most people heard that quote and they were like I can't believe she's saying this Yeah, but it, it's, it's kind of um, it's gotten to a point where there's just no there's just nothing that they won't Say out out loud now because they they've reached that stage. So, they've gotten emboldened. Well, so going back to what I was talking about before, it's it's a gradual process, and the enemy gradually wins a little victory here, a little victory there. One generation after another, the society keeps moving away from the foundations and away right. from reality. Right. And the only eventual result of that is collapse. Right, and I don't believe that that is lost on the people engineering this. Oh no! I no. think you have to understand that there is a major difference between the top of the pyramid, the people that are really moving, and and not even the people, but the demonic powers, because the Bible says that we're not wrestling against flesh it's and blood. Right? It's not.
0: It is not a a, so, a physical battle. Is it is a spiritual. It's battle. It's a spiritual battle. It is, and it's happening.
1: And and I and. Let me just
0: go back and say about yeah. the Little Demon. It is. Uh, it says the Little Demon uh, show was brought to viewers on FXX, courtesy of, FX, the Wal- yeah. F- courtesy of the Walt Disney Company, which took control of FXX Network through its purchase of Twentieth Century oh, Fox. So, there you go. So it's all it's all the same company at the they're, end. They're, it's it's they're, Fox,
1: but they're owned by Disney and. And you know, speaking of Fox, we
0: could we could talk a little bit about Fox News and the disappointment there. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, even even in that article I was reading about Dylan Mulvaney or McVaney or whatever. Yeah. Uh, as a guy dressed like a girl, but yet they will refer to him as a her. Yeah, and, and, and it's bizarre when 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 they are referring to uh, men who dress like women as she her. It, 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 I'm just going to be. It's bizarre. It, it, did you ever see the? Uh, did you ever see Napoleon Dynamite?
1: I love that movie. Actually, I've okay. seen it a lot of time. All right,
0: you know when he's doing it, when he's in the Happy Hands Club, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and they're singing. Some say love it is a river. You know. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing his hands up in the air. Yeah. And Don, who's the athletic guy, like the most popular guy in school, sitting on the front row, and he's kind of laughing, he's looking around, yeah. looking around at everybody. <laughs> it's like, are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. That's kind of how people feel about things going on in our culture today. Yeah, Everybody's like, nobody's really saying anything or, or not as many people are saying something as I thought they would. Are y'all seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. I mean, there's something going on here. And, you know, I, I think about even Twitter. To, you know, of course, Elon Musk did go through with the purchase. Yeah. And he tweeted out, you know, the bird is free. Mm. And now all these people who were, didn't say stuff for two years, now all of a sudden, they're, they're just letting it all go. They're saying all kind, you know, things that you couldn't say. There are two genders, or yeah, you know, Rachel Levine is uh, is Richard Levine. You know, certain things you couldn't say because they would uh, kick they you would off censor. Twitter or they put you in Twitter jail. And now, now they're saying it, and it it it, it just shows you that you know. I, one thing I found out is that there are a lot of people that if you tell them to be quiet, they're going to be quiet. I think that's most people. That's most people. I I I have been shocked at the number of people that, you know. I'll go back when I was a teenager. We went to uh, we went to a big wrestling match down in Savannah. Did you ever go to wrestling matches?
1: I uh, haven't before.
0: Actually, okay. We we actually one time we got chased by the Road Warriors. That's another story. <laughs> but uh, we were down in Savannah and we were all you know standing up, screaming, yelling at a, at the wrestlers. We were pretty close, maybe second or third row and. Arn Anderson got up there to wrestle, and we stood up and started yelling at him. He pointed at my friend and told my friend to sit down and shut up. He sat down and shut up. <laughs> now, the rest of us didn't, but my friend, he sat down and shut up. And that's kind of like what this culture is doing. They're pointing at people and saying, sit down and shut up. We're going to tell people what's moral. Even Biden, you know, talking about the, the bathroom issues and stuff, that it's uh, uh, the transgender stuff, it's, it's a moral issue being able to help kids transition their sex. It's a moral issue. Now, they're able to say it's a moral issue, but if we ever say it's a moral issue... Yeah. You know, or if a pro-abortion if a pro-abortion gubernatorial candidate like Beto O'Rourke or Stacey Abrams goes to a church and speaks, you know, at a church, it's not considered, um, you know, an infringement of separation of church and state. I, I know that's a whole touchy yeah. topic there itself. But... If if somebody if you know if a conservative politician goes to a church
1: yeah then that is considered what Christian nationalism or you know well yeah, yeah. there's always a double standard and and that kind of uh, brings me back to we we were talking about how the the public schools got started and and the idea that they were going to be non sectarian originally yeah. did not mean that they weren't going to have Bible reading or prayer. Yeah, it just meant that it wasn't going to be like a, a church running it or a denomination running right. it.
0: Right. It was. They were about denominationalism so, back then.
1: So, like Horace Mann was was saying, oh yeah, the Bible's going to be there, but we're just going to let the Bible speak for itself, and it's not going to be like a denominational reading of it, right? Well, fast forward to the nineteen you know sixties, hmm. and then all of a sudden, the Supreme Court ruled that to have any Bible in the school or any prayer in the school was somehow a violation of the Constitution. After all those years. It wasn't a violation for all those years, but now in the 1960s, it's a violation of the Establishment Clause mm-hmm. that, that, that the government will make no law um, you know, concerning an establishment of any religion. Religion, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I have a big problem with what the Supreme Court did there. Because... Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just there, but a lot of what they did at that time in history, they were they were grasping at straws to try to defend what they were doing from, from laws that really had nothing to do with it well, the idea that the Constitution would have been written to, to outlaw prayer in schools. would that would have really? never happen back then. Does anybody written, really think that the framers of our Constitution would have were never, opposed to prayer never, in schools? never happened back then. Yeah. Does happened. anybody think that? No. They just they just they just use that as a pretext. Yeah. Is all they did. Well, it's like the
0: the the Roe v. Wade right to right to privacy, you know, 73 and then it just got overturned. You know, the Supreme yeah. Court, you know, even the Dred Scott decision, they do overturn themselves later yeah. on when they realize, "Hey, that was a terrible terrible ruling."
1: Yeah. And
0: you know, I hopefully one of the things I'm hoping is they go back and revisit the Overfill decision. Same-sex marriage, and they'll realize that boy, that was a really, really boneheaded decision. That was a terrible decision,
1: and I, would, were, I wouldn't count on it. But, but we can, we can, we can hope this. But just never, you know. But you know, Clarence Thomas thinks they could. I, I
0: love Clarence Thomas. I think he's the best justice on the Supreme Court, personally. But and it's not just because he's from Savannah and everything. <laughs> but he's, a, I, I like, I like Clarence Thomas. But. You know, hopefully there's some there's some decisions that that will be revisited and that will be corrected, but you know, ultimately it's going to be God that's going to do what God's going to do. We know from Scripture that the basically, for one of a better way of
1: putting it, the uh, the world's headed to hell in a handbasket, right? Right. And and the problem I see with a lot of uh, you know a lot of people who are involved in like the they, you know, they call it the truther movement, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's all this discussion of conspiracy, which, you know, I do believe that there are quote-unquote conspiracies going on. the whole and world is under a, under a satanic conspiracy, right. according to Scripture, yeah. right? Yeah, but uh, but this phrase, conspiracy or conspiracy theorists, is used as a, as a club to beat people with, right. so I, I don't even really like to use the word.
0: It, it's, it's used in a way that says, hey, be quiet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Down that that's not something you're allowed to talk about, right? Basically. Right. Um but uh the point the point I was making is that this is um we're we're in a situation where there there are things that are not allowed in the discourse anymore and and basically people are just sitting around and and acting like it's normal. Right. And that's that's the Soviet Union in a nutshell. Right. It, you know we are living in Soviet Union 2.0 in this country, and I, we just I haven't figured right. it out yet. Well, we have the. Well, but, some people say the January 6th committees of basically a show trial.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't. You, the way they're conducting that, that's similar to, you know, yeah. the, the way the state, the USSR used to do their stuff. It's, yeah. It's,
1: it's, it is it's
0: frightening, actually.
1: Yeah. But, oh, and, and I almost lost my train of thought, but what I was going to say is these Christian truthers. And, and a lot of them a lot of the truth or movement are not Christians at all. And right. You're and, exactly and, right And you wind up uh, seeing these well-meaning Christians locking arms with people that are actually opposed to the gospel right because they, exactly think, right. they think they uh, think that somehow they're gonna they're gonna stop what's coming, right right right. Oh, if we all just if we all just get together, we can stop this one world government, right? Yeah,
0: some are talking about the return of Christ, others, what, the age of Aquarius?
1: Yeah, age of Aquarius. So there's a lot of, like, uh, new age stuff getting mixed in. Right. So, but, but as a Christian, we have to understand that God's prophecy will be, will be fulfilled. That's right. There's no way to avoid it. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't do all we can to, to do what's right while with the time that we're given,
0: right? You're exactly so, right.
1: So... Yeah, well, well, the reason the prophecy is going to come true is because most people aren't going to do what's right, and that's why that's right. evil can flourish. That's right. Most so it's humans, not that we have right. no power. It's To me, it's not that God is forcing this bad outcome right. to occur, but rather uh, God knows that it will occur because we're going to let it happen. Right. You know, one of my favorite
0: characters in Scripture is King Josiah. He's uh-huh. the last good king of Judah. Okay. Uh, came to the throne. He's eight years old. His daddy was a bad man. Um, when he's 16 years old, the Bible says, he began to seek the Lord. Uh, and he started, shortly thereafter, uh, as years went by, he started making repairs to the temple. Okay, And when they go into the temple, uh, they find the book of the law. And so they bring it to him. They give it to him, basically as chief of staff, and he brings it to him. And he starts reading the book of the law, probably from Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy talks about the blessings and the cursings that will come to the children of Israel uh, if they get away from God. And he realized, oh, no, what does this mean? We, we are in bad, bad shape because our fathers have done really, really bad things. And so what, what he does is he gets those guys to go seek the advice of a, of, of a prophet. So they, they don't go to Jeremiah, who's around at that time, or, or some of the others. They go to this lady named Huldah. And she says, look, yes, it's going to come to pass. The bad stuff that's going on is going to come to pass. Uh, They're going to fall under these curses. But, tell the the one who sent you to find out this word that it will not happen in his lifetime because he has set his heart to seek the Lord. So basically, yes, this is going to happen, but Josiah, it's not going to happen during your lifetime. And so what does Josiah do? He starts doing the very best he can. He knows that the, the country's gone after him, but he starts making reforms, he starts getting rid of the, the altars, that, the, the pagan altars, uh, he burns things up, uh, he re, uh, you know, re, basically refurbishes the, the temple, he um, reinstitutes the Passover, I mean it had been since the days of Hezekiah that anybody had done a Passover the way he throws the Passover, I mean it's a massive Passover, and he instructs the people to seek the Lord. Now he does this because he wants to do right, and he wants to make the very best of the time he has, even though he knows it's going to pot after he dies. Yeah. So he does the very best he can, and sure enough, when when you know the, the Pharaoh's coming through to join with the Assyrians to fight the Babylonians, uh, he you know goes out to fight with Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, "Don't do it. You don't want none. You don't want none of this." And Josiah basically says, "Get off my lawn," and they get in a you know he goes to battle with them, and he gets killed sure enough, after him, there'd be four weak uh, kings, and they eventually go into Babylonian captivity. But I always liked it that Josiah, even though he knew that he was on a sinking ship, he was on a losing team, he was going to do his very best until it was all over. Yeah. And I think that's how we as Christians, you know, we've been called to be salt and light. Uh, We know the direction ultimately the world will go, and there's going to be more people who want to do wrong than do right. There's going to be more that don't want to follow God that want to follow God. And, uh, you know, Jesus talked about the, the, the broad path that leads to destruction and the narrow way that leads to eternal life. There's a big difference there. But until he takes us out, we yeah. need to do the very best that we can. And so we can make observations about what's going on in our culture. We can talk about what's going on with politicians, the president, Disney, uh, all this stuff. And, and, and we need to fight. We need to, we, we need to remember it's a spiritual battle. Uh, there are personalities involved, but ultimately we're against principalities. See that's a preacher thing. A preacher. Yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah okay. <laughs> anyway, so you know we've we've got to be we got to be on our p's and q's. We got to uh, be sober, be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So,
1: yeah.
0: and we're in the spiritual battle. So, I think what we want to do with this first podcast, as we kick it off, is kind of get the the juices flowing. Uh, you know, talk about you know there is an attack on kids. And parents need to be aware of what their children are are exposed to. You need to find out what's going on at their school. Uh, you need to uh, find out what they're involved in on the on the internet. Uh, you need to find out who are the influencers in their lives, because it's like it's, I always like to say, like you know, you got the baseline, you got the angle. If you have just a, a, an, a, an angle that's what, three or four degrees, you don't see that big of a difference. But the more time goes Goes by that top line and that, that yeah. baseline. There's going to be a lot more difference. Yeah, and, and if Satan can set your child off in a in a
1: in a different way just by a few degrees, well, that's what that's what Satan did with our whole society. Like like we've been talking about, it's it's been a gradual right push away, and it and it has reached a point now where where we're starting to get into major distress. Right, right. but. Everybody's acting like this came out of nowhere. Right. And it didn't. It it did not come out of nowhere. Right. It's just that for all those previous decades it was uh, it was being contained, you might say. It was like, "Oh yeah, I don't like the way this is headed, but you know, things are still pretty good and and I'm still pretty comfortable. My little corner of the world's okay." And 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 the, I'm and I'm not talking about I I'm including the church in this. Right. You know, the church is right. We're we're the ones that got entrusted right. with all this knowledge. Why aren't we? We should be the ones that are that are leading the charge and, and stopping what's going on. But we're not as yeah. a church. Yeah, one thing that that really irks me a lot is that
0: you'll have some people. You know, I grew up in the. I was born in the mid '60s. You know, so I grew up during the Cold War. Uh, you know, I remember everything about Soviet Union. Uh, there was really a. a a line of demarcation at that time between NATO, uh, Eastern Bloc nations. I mean, there yeah. was you know then you had the Third World, but you know you had people in two camps, basically. And so there was a more of an understanding of right and wrong, good and evil, uh, light and darkness. Yeah. Uh, with the United States as compared to the Soviet Union, their godlessness and with the communism and all that. But after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, and you know the destruction of communism at that time, I mean they've just kind of redone it now. Um, everything just kind of got mixed in together. It, it really did. It's kind of it, it, you didn't have the lines separating it like you used to. Uh, it was not as, it was not as easy to see and I, I think people have fallen into a uh, I don't want to say syncretic, but they, they've fallen into just such a mixture of of morality and, and ethics. And there, there's just no guiding, uh, biblical principle in our yeah. culture, even in, in Western Europe, you know, that, that is just a gospel hardened. Yeah. Uh, especially the Northern part, just really godless in, in a lot of ways. And a lot of, a lot of those nations haven't, me haven't been over there. Uh, you know, they kind of proud of that, that they've kind of yeah. moved past God.
1: Oh yeah. I've yeah. talked to, I've, I've been um, in contact with a lot of Europeans, um, studied abroad. Uh, studied you used to ab- live
0: in Euro- uh, Russia? Or I, I did
1: live in Russia for uh, a little while with my wife as we were teaching English over there in Moscow. But I've also um, you know, interacted with a lot of international students when I was in college at UGA. I was doing international um, student orientations right. and things. And uh, I studied abroad in Japan in 2006, okay. and a lot of the roommates and people I had, not roommates, but, uh, long story there, but yeah. the Europeans that I, that I met right. on that campus. And so I, I've, I've, you know, I'm pretty well aware of what the European mindset is, right. and it's very much secular and post-Christian.
0: Right, very but post-Christian. I,
1: but I also know that whatever's going on in Europe is about five years ahead of what's going on in America. German it's coming and, You're right. and so that kind of secularism hyper secularism that exists in europe hasn't fully taken over in this in all parts of this country right. yet but it will just give it time you know right. we 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 need to see the the writing on the wall we need to be more aware of what is going on in the culture and aware that you know for for my family, we've made a decision. At least at this point, we're we're going to attempt to homeschool because we've yeah. decided. So many it's people just, are doing that. We we've decided that it's gotten so far to a point in the public schools that we're just not even going to participate in it anymore. Right. Um, not there everybody, are good public
0: school teachers out there and administrators, we don't we yeah. don't want to negate that. They're, yeah. But there's you don't control the curriculum. You know, yeah. people there. There's curriculum. There, you know, there's stuff going on that. Yeah some people but we don't want to you know there are good yeah. public schools public school teachers but a lot of people feel like Paul and his wife that you know it's just it's just too much uh, too much uh, of a chance of a risk
1: well well John Dewey is is uh, another philosopher that gets uh, credited with a lot of influence in the public education sphere he was a secular humanist right so certainly not a christian but he wrote uh, in his book Democracy and Education the intermingling in the school of youth of different races, differing religions, and unlike customs, creates for all a new and broader environment. Common subject matter accustoms all to a unity of outlook upon a broader horizon than is visible to the members of any group while it is isolated. The assimilative force of the American public school is eloquent testimony to the efficacy of Of the common and balanced appeal. Now, on the surface of it, that sounds maybe like a a real great quote, a really good idea. Mm -hmm. But the key phrase there is the unity of outlook upon a broader horizon. Hmm. So, what he's getting at is we are giving a new unified outlook to all these students. In other words, and God's not in it, right? God's not in it. No, because this is a quote unquote broader horizon. Broader than what? Well, broader than the Bible, right. broader than Christian upbringing. Right. He he. John Dewey wanted students to be uh, brought up in a way that wasn't specific to Christianity. Right. But what does that really mean? That is the creation of a new religion. That's right. That's right. It's a new religion. It's a state-sponsored religion. And where have we heard of state-sponsored religion before? Soviet Union again, or in their case, it was state-sponsored religion of. Marxism right. and 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 right. um, full compliance. Yeah, yeah. Total compliance. And and one thing that I think we've all seen, especially through the pandemic, is the explosion of government power and Road control. Man. Yeah,
0: and, and, and you know what got me is when they were making people lose their jobs because they would not take an experimental vaccine. And and if you've got vaccinated, that's your business. You know, yeah. I, That that's your call. I, you know, that but, was a scary time. But when people. You know, I mean, I didn't want to get, I, I, I do not want to get that COVID vaccination. I, I just don't. I, I never intend to get it. I now yeah. I've had COVID and I lost my smell, taste, and still haven't gotten my taste back in clothes or hairstyle yet. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I had the effects of it and everything. But there's something when, when they, the, the coercive way that they were using to make people get that vaccine with threatening their livelihood uh, for something that they had a high percentage rate of survival from, it, and there is a greater percentage of being injured by the vaccination for certain age groups, and there is you know benefits from getting the vaccination. So well, let's
1: say let's say that uh, COVID had a, a high death rate. Mm-hmm. Would it then be justified to threaten people's livelihood, or would it? Because I would say even then it still wouldn't be justified. Yeah, yeah. because really a right you know there there's the quote about you know if you're if you're willing to give up your freedom for or your rights for security right. then you don't deserve either one and that a, right. a, a benjamin franklin i think perhaps yeah, yeah. uh but and then there's something in the nuremberg code that it's yeah, that, where that's, you're not supposed to be uh, be experimented on against your will. Exactly, but but see, you're not supposed to say any of that stuff anymore. Okay, but you right. can
0: now call Elon Musk has bought Twitter, maybe, and, and you can we put it on Twitter. You can put it on Twitter. We now. may maybe. even have this. We may even put ourselves on Twitter. Who yeah. Knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's that's true. It's 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 unreal the way that uh, it's authoritarianism in our own. It country. is authoritarianism, and you know, I had to with several folks as a pastor. I had to write uh, their you know. I had to endorse their religious exemption for their employer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think every one of them, their employer took it, which was yeah. good. But some of them had, you know, friends and others that did not want it, absolutely did not want it, but they were faced with, am I going to lose my job? I've got so many years at this company. Yeah. I, I, do not want, I do not want to do this. I do not want to put this in my body, but I've got to. Now, yeah. people are made to make that choice. Yeah. And when we find out some of the stuff that was manipulated, and I do believe there was some stuff that was manipulated with this, with the whole pandemic. I know people got sick. I know people died from COVID. I'm not minimizing that. I understand that. But what, the way they manipulated and the way they used it to exert control, uh, that's what totalitarianism does. That's what big government reaches for. And I think um, a lot of people had their eyes open and like I say, we just, in in this podcast, we're, we're about to bring this to a close, but in this podcast, we want to just give voice uh, to a lot of those things that you see, that you hear, and you think, y'all seeing this? Anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Anybody yeah. else think that these people are crazy? Yeah. Uh, anybody else think that man walking around dressed like a woman? Uh, the guy interviewing the president of the United States who has all these conversations in other places about his Barbie pouch and all this stuff does anybody else think that that's bizarre Uh,
1: that that's crazy Uh, yeah well I I think Christians what I want to leave people with is a truth that maybe I I don't think gets talked about enough in, in our churches but the Bible refers to Satan as the adversary that's right but that's not the only way that Satan is referred to in the Bible. Satan is also referred to as the ruler of this world right. and the God of this world. that's right.
0: The whole world lies under the sway of the evil one
1: so first John now the whole world does that include the United States? Yes, yeah, I think it does yes but but everybody wants to say, well, not our country, yeah our country's is good
0: <clears throat> we got the best thing going, but it's still. <laughs>
1: It's still... Uh, We're still under the power of the evil. Yeah,
0: yeah, we, you know,
1: yes. Sa- and yes. and what is the evil one? Is the evil one of light or darkness?
0: Yeah, he's of darkness and so, he is malevolent.
1: So when we, when we, when Christians look down their nose and use the phrase conspiracy theorist like it's a bad word, mm-hmm. I just want to ask those Christians, who do you think is at the top of this world? Because the Bible says it's Satan. Yeah, I've always... Satan Satan's always a liar. That.
0: I've always said I'm a conspiracy theorist. I believe there's a big conspiracy going on. It's a satanic conspiracy, and it is worldwide.
1: Yeah, but, but for it to have an effect on this world, that satanic conspiracy doesn't just stop in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. It connects with the physical. That's right. You're, there are people right. taking action based on the... There are flesh and blood people that are taking their actions to serve Satan... And and I believe some of them, and I and I'm not going to try to prove this statement, but I personally believe that at least some of them at the very top are doing it intentionally and knowingly.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, let me just say this.
0: In our, in some of our coming episodes, uh, we are actually going to talk about aliens. Okay. <laughs> demons. Um, we're going to talk about creationism. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about stuff that uh, you need to know about and you know Paul has actually been on a documentary about aliens is that right Paul
1: well no I was I was a uh, extra I was a a stunt double if stunt you will. stunt double <laughs> stunt man Paul and stunting is a habit right <laughs> yeah okay well, well it's been a fun talk I was yes, really been great. glad I got the opportunity to uh, to
0: take part. And uh, we're, we're going to have more episodes coming. So we want to thank you all for, for being a part of this, uh, for listening in. And uh, we're going to try to tackle some interesting topics. And we're going to do it from a biblical perspective. And we need to let you know that the views that we express on this podcast belong to Marty McLean and Paul Price. They are our views. They do not reflect the views of anyone else. And with that said, we hope you have a great week. And we'll see you next time on the podcast.